recording. I can feel the enthusiasm radiating off of you. Dude, I just woke up. Back off. <laughs> you dick. I got him. It's me. Mario. Welcome back, Gimpy. Hey, thanks. It's episode 94. Hi, of I'm sorry what the podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we're we're uh, having to get back into our uh, podcasting shoes. Yes. Well, only yes. I can only put one shoe on, so so you're going to be half as good, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> only one podcasting shoe. I can only put one shoe on. Um No, how hi, I'm Christina, that's Amanda. I oh think yeah. Oh, I think we did everything. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. Hey, how uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Just living the dream. Worked a lot last week and then got stuck Friday because of all the snow. Oh, where were you? Where'd you stay? I was here because oh, it was one of those. Here. Okay. Yeah. So I worked Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and stayed at my parents and then I came back here Thursday night because it was it was gunky and that was my plan because I only worked until two on Thursday. So I was like, I can mm-hmm. actually get home that night because I worked until six the other nights from six to six the two Gross. days. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's fine because I'm going to have a decent paycheck then. But mm-hmm. I came home because at the time that I was leaving at two they were saying it kind of looks like it's moving past us. It's not going to be as bad as it was. And then by the time I got back in to Iowa, uh, it said, just kidding. It's hooking around. This is a rare occasion because of the dry air that's coming up. And I was like, and they're like the I-90, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be the worst. And I was like, that's exactly what I need to drive. So that's fun. Uh, so then the next morning I was like, sorry, I, mean, I- you know, I kind of felt gross anyway, so like mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have gone in. But yeah, so I was like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. So I woke up at midnight because I was panicking, and yeah, it was just a whole thing. But I ended up being here Friday, and Chris was sick, so he was home, and Emmett had a snow day, so he was home. It was a full house. So you guys just hung out pretty much. I just sat on the couch for the most part Friday because he was just sitting on the couch and Emmett was just hanging out in his room for his uh, snow day because he didn't want to do anything. And he was going to his mom's that afternoon. So it was like, mm-hmm. but yeah, story of my bad. GD life sitting on the couch. <laughs> How you doing? How's your fracking ankle? Oh, you sleepy little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> How's he yawn? Um, so I my surgery, they had, he, he was funny when he was prepping me for like actual surgery. He's like, well, we want to repair the tendon and that's like the main focus. So I'm wondering if I need to make a new scar, but I don't want to scar up your foot. I'm like, dude, I don't fucking care where you cut. I just want it fixed. Like, just do what you need to do. So then I, on my checkup, like five days later, she unwraps it and the nurse goes, holy crap. And I'm like, what is that? There were 28 stitches when she well, took it to, out. He had to get to all of them. So he's like, it, the tendon was torn way worse than they thought it was going to be. So he had to cut up higher. And then he went back into the front of my foot and cut part of the brace that they had built from the last time I had surgery. 
which I'm pretty sure fixed like all of the issues in the front of my foot because now my toes don't tingle and I don't have any pain when you touch the top of my foot. So I'm like almost 100% sure that fixed it. Um, But yeah, so now I have like another week and a half where I can't put any weight on it. And I got on my scooter, (laughs) got on my scooter the other day (laughs) and totally twisted my knee. So now... (laughs) Christina! Get your shit together. I'm with Catherine on this with Kat because she says you need to just live in a bubble forever and ever. <laughs> like I, I was getting up from the table when I was working on a puzzle and I like climbed onto my scooter and I felt like a twang. Like I didn't feel like a pop or anything. So I don't think I tore anything in the back mm-hmm. of my knee. And now like the perfect position is like a I don't know, 90 what's wider than a 90 not 180 like it can't be flat but it can't be like at a 90 degree it's got to be bent slightly okay and then I have no pain but to be on the scooter it's at a 90 degree angle and I have to put my weight on it so it's just like oh oh pain city pain so, city yeah shit so son awesome I'm I totally know a wonderful time <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about with the twang feeling because I do that with my wrist because I have the like mild carpal tunnel that will act up and then here and there when I do something I can feel that just go click over something and I'm like oh tingles all the way up my arm yeah so I'm wondering if I just like my tendon just kind of like I twisted my knee I think I remember having this done like doing like something like this in volleyball and it was like two weeks and it was better but like it's not fun when I have to put my full weight on it and fingers crossed man and that's my only way of moving and so like sitting sitting with my foot down on the ground causes my foot to swell up like a balloon and then my knee is whole and so it's just not having a good time and I'm like <laughs> my mom's gonna have a heart attack because I'm so klutzy that I keep banging my foot into shit and she's like every time you do that my heart stops because I can just I imagine it's so painful I'm like it really isn't because there's like some hard-ass plastic right no on this boot I can't I can't lift it that high. I'm not this bendy in this one. So come on, put your ankles behind your head. I was gonna show you it. Hold on. <laughs> I don't need pants on. Ah oh yeah, that's a heavy duty one. So when I got out of surgery, <laughs> I like was sitting in the room and I'm like, this boot's not right. And it was like set up, it was like a medium liner. It wasn't this boot, it was one of the black ones. It was like a medium liner. And then the metal pieces, it was like an extra large frame. So the metal pieces came up over the liner and were like digging oh. my skin. And I had to have that boot on for like a week. And I'm like, this is bullshit. So by the time I got to my doctor's appointment, I was like, I'm going to lose my shit. And I'm not leaving this office until they give me a better boot. They fucked up. Like I was all ramped up and I go into the doctor's office and the nurse goes, what is wrong with your boot? And I'm like, thank you. Something's weird. <laughs> this is not correct. I'm like, this is a medium liner. It's an extra large frame. I cannot walk in this boot. Absolutely not. And she's like, no, we'll get you a new one. And I'm like, that was a lot easier than expected. I'm sorry. I'm distracted <laughs> because my dog is digging a hole in the snow. She must smell something. So she's like shoulder deep. I can't see her head <laughs> in the snow. She looks like an ostrich. <laughs> got distracted i got distracted (laughs) sorry uh no that's it doesn't sound fun i'm glad we're recording though because i've missed you i missed you too 
Sorry, you are so yawny today. So yawny. Well, the painkillers they gave me, I well, they gave me the good stuff. They gave me like Oxy, Roxy, something. And like, it was the good shit. But I was like, take it and see you next Tuesday. Well, no, that turns me, no. I just spelled cunt. It, it was like, I take it and I was like, out. I could not function. Yeah. Um, this last week or the last appointment, I was like, hey, so could I get like, I don't think ty- Tylenol is not strong enough. I can't take ibuprofen. So could I get like a step down from can the we, like Find somewhere in between. Because like, I can't function on them. And while I enjoy it, I would like to be able to do something other than sleep on the couch. Like, you know, watch a movie or read a book because I literally cannot focus or function. So they gave me hydrocodone and then gave me what's called Vistrol. Okay. It's like, it's an antihistamine with like a booster for the um, painkiller. Mm-hmm. So it's literally like a painkiller with like Benadryl on steroids. And so when I take that, which I did last night because my foot was really hurting, it just boosts it. And I was super tired. So I'm just still kind of drowsy, I think, from that, which is why I'm yawning. Ah. <laughs> Makes sense. Now that Sleepy. you've all been to Pharmacy Corner with Christina. Right? It's hey. funny you're telling me these things and I'm having like flashbacks from when I worked as a pharmacy tech <laughs> and I had to like read about all these different medications. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was telling my my cousin this and she was like, I love that when people are like, oh, my pain medicine isn't working. And she's like, we'll just give you some of this. And they think that we're giving them a higher pain medicine. And really, we're just putting them to sleep. <laughs> right good night honey go to sleep just go to sleep you'll wake up and it'll feel better go to sleep stop complaining (laughs) i mean that's how i deal with things when i'm like sick i'm like i'm just gonna sleep until it's better i'm just gonna turn my body off and turn it back on again see if that works (laughs) that is like my way of life it's the human version of of turning your computer on and off again to make it work it's taking a nap i'm telling you and sometimes the naps are longer and that's when your computer decides it needs to update when you turn it, it back on. It needs to update and totally reboot and it takes an hour and a half. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to take a five hour nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> sometimes you just need to fast forward through the day and that's when you take a nap. <laughs> Pretty much. I uh, My computer's been doing this really fun thing where it says there's been a problem and just restarts itself and reboots. <laughs> so my computer needs to be replaced here soon but it's one of those cheap ones and I've had it for like two years now so I'm not super surprised because it's like a $150 computer Mm -hmm. and it has like no memory whatsoever so anything I've saved on it makes it slower yeah slower and slower and slower so when I was trying to log on and it was taking forever, I'm like, oh dear God, don't you dare start up on me. Don't you do it. We're well, no, I want behind. you to start up. Don't don't turn off. <laughs> yes. Restart up. <laughs> <laughs> and then right. it's like fine and shuts off. And you're like, no, that's not what I meant. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does. It takes forever. And then all of a sudden I get the blue screen with the sad face. Oh. <laughs> that says there's been a problem restarting your computer. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'll just be here for 20 minutes. Good thing I wasn't in the middle of anything. <laughs> Makes me very happy. I've been using Google Docs, though, because mm-hmm. when I'm typing and it decides to do that, it's like it automatically saves automatically everything. Saves. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, thank God. My word would be like, 
there is a thing on Microsoft Word where you can change it to autosave where it like well and they do recovery but sometimes it's like seven paragraphs less than what you yeah and then I start where I was and then I'm like wait a second I'm missing a whole chunk of this story and now I have to re-figure out what it is so eh. okay we have been this is not fun banter is it no 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 (laughs) no it's not uh what do you got for a story there broseph um (laughs) it's a short one but i found it and i'm like i can't not tell people because this is so (laughs) it's fucking weird like it's shorter than i would normally like do because it's i think it was only like two pages but i was like this is fucking weird and i gotta tell people i don't know how i found it again it's one of those times when i'm like just i'm so far down the google like random keyword phrase hole that i mm-hmm. don't know what i searched to find the story but i'm gonna tell well, you about the nun of monza or it's italian so maybe it's you monza. know i don't know honestly i think that the weirdest stories always have the like least amount of meat because yeah. it's like this is what it is and that's it we don't fucking know like that <laughs> We don't fucking know. Well, and this was from, it's from 1575. So, I mean, there's only only so, there's only so much. There's a lot of time between now and then. (laughs) But. I'm ready. It's fucking weird. Okay. So, the nun of Monza is um, a woman named Mariana de la Vea y Marino. Um, She was born in Milan, Italy on December 4th, 1575. She was the daughter of Martino de la Vea and Virginia Maria Marino. Um, Virginia was the daughter of a direct heir of one of the richest men in Milan, and the banker Tommaso Marino. Uh, and then her husband had inherited the county of Monza as the nephew of Antonio de la Vea. So they were very well-to-do, highfalutin, highfalutin rich people. Um, and then after the death of her mother, Virginia, in 1576, Mar- Mariana, um, Mariana was one year, one years old at the time. Um, Mariana basically left, was left to live with her aunts as her father basically forgot she existed. Oh, And great. went on with his life, uh, literally just went on with his life as if he didn't have a daughter and uh, left her with her aunts. Um, and then she showed back up in 1588 when... Uh, she was 13. So just like right about to become like in, especially in that age, like a woman of marriageable age. Right. 13. You know, uh, 13. Mm-hmm. Fucking Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. Right. Uh, and he forced her to become a nun at oh. the Montessori St. Margarita. So this father that pretended he didn't have a daughter decided that he had to tell her to be a nun. Well, he showed up and was like, hey, I got to do something with this chick. I'm sure the aunts were getting older. Mm-hmm. So he was like, to the nunnery you go. To the nunnery you go. Yes. So on August 26th, 1591, she was consecrated as Sister Virginia Maria. Okay. Right before the scandal, uh, a contemporary writer described her as a modest, respectful, and obedient nun. He also recorded that she befriended everyone easily and enjoyed reading as much as possible. She gained popularity in Monza in this period. It's like she became very ingrained in the society of Monza as like a well-known nun. She Uh, was a pillar of the community. You could say that. In 1597, uh, Mariana was a teacher at the convent school for girls. And during this period, she met Ozio 
he worked for the school and worked for like one of the major like people of the house he was a man Mm-hmm. and uh-huh. he lived in a house next to the monastery okay though so she was a nun who had taken a vow of celibacy mariana was both rich and powerful so she didn't give up her worldly possessions she was very rich and powerful from a very wealthy family and uh-huh. she was she administered property revenues in monza and was involved in administering justice like i said uh-huh. and she started to exchange letters with Ozio. oh were they were they like sexting <laughs> except via via letters Delivered to his garden through a rope lowered from a window in the monastery. Oh, damn. This sounds like some sort of, like, plot in one of those, like, era mm-hmm. TV shows on, like, Netflix or Hulu or something. Yes. So, um, even, I'm sorry. Eventually, the letters turned into fucking. <laughs> to put it. They be fucking. They, just to put it lightly. They be fucking um, so that, um, but the liaisons that they had were facilitated by the use of they use like counterfeit keys that they got from the blacksmith out of the monastery. Um, they were all they were very frequent and were organized with like other nuns helped her like meet up with him. Oh, and one of the priests named Paulo Aragon um, was was a close friend of Ozio. So. It was kind of like a love affair, not just a be fucking like every people yeah, were trying no. to keep it. Oh them no, together. we'll get to it. Oh, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> in sixteen oh two, Mariana gave birth to an illegitimate stillborn baby. No. After this, the relationship with Ozio temporarily ended, but after a while the affair restarted. Um so she was very conflicted mm-hmm. about having a love affair with a man when she had taken a vow of celibacy. So Fair she enough. got it into her head at some point that it was like a a lust curse. And for Ozio to turn her lust into disgust for him, she began eating his feces. I... Hold on. So you just said <laughs> to avoid being lustful after him, correct? Mm-hmm. She started eating his doo-doo? <laughs> Yes, and what caught my attention of the story, the title of one of the the articles I read that got me into it was, a feces-eating nun commits heinous acts or something like that. I was like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I have to click on this now. Thanks for that. Ew! (laughs) Just so everyone is aware, it did not work. What? So you she mean eating doo-doo then, did not turn off her sex drive? Can you imagine eating somebody's shit and then continuing to have sex with them? I can't imagine eating anybody's shit at all. No. <laughs> I don't care what's around the context <laughs> yeah. of eating shit. Like, ew. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. That's I don't even want to, I don't even want to take a job where I have to wipe adult butts. <laughs> no, I, no. Uh, okay. So we're just going to move on from that now. That was. I can't. <laughs> yucky <laughs> it's so gross also consider the year like how did she retrieve it did she like ask him to shit in something for her dude <laughs> girls know? one cup style yeah like otherwise like <laughs> how did she know it's his shit because they were all shooting it shooting it just like a hole in the ground so like he just shit in her mouth <laughs> oh god <laughs> human I'm gonna centipede i'm gonna uh, god stop 
you, you quit it stop it i'm gonna gag we gotta stop okay go on <laughs> so in the autumn of 1603 she got pregnant for the second time and i don't think you can get pregnant from eating shit i'm pretty sure none of the parts that make you pregnant have to do with eating and or shitting <laughs> And she gave birth to a girl. The child was named Alma Francesca Margarita. And Alma was subsequently um, lived with Ozio. Ozio was actually a count. So he was not like a poor farmer dude. All right. Um, who legally acknowledged her as his illegitimate, illegitimate daughter two years later in 1605. So it was kind of like a well-known secret that nobody talked about. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. however in the summer of 1606 one of the nuns at the convent threatened to expose the relationship dun, dun, dun. as a consequence of this threat ozio killed her in order to avoid spreading the story all right uh the murder apparently took place with both um other nuns and sister virginia or mariana knowing that this was going to happen there's not a lot of detail on what they did then after that nun was murdered mariana threatened all of the nuns that were complicit in the murder and in her love affair that they would suffer the same fate if they revealed the crime keep your mouth shut the murder remained a secret because outsiders were told that the murder lay murdered sister had run off, not that okay. she had actually murdered. However, in the autumn of 1606, rumors about the activities at the convent became more frequent. The blacksmith who had counterfeited all the keys was then murdered by Ozio as well. This then became like more aware to the governor of Milan became aware okay. of like not only the the rumors of like the affairs that are going on, but the murders. Mm-hmm. And on in 1607, Ozio was arrested and imprisoned in Pavia. He escaped and was later given a death sentence in absentia. So basically, if he shows up, he's dead. And then he was eventually murdered by an alleged friend for oh. like the purse that they would get or the money they would get. Right. When the Archbishop Frederico Borromeo became known, <laughs> Borromeo <laughs> uh, came to know about the scandal, he ordered a, can a canical trial of the nun. <laughs> canical of the nun. <laughs> Sorry. There's a song called Canical of the Sun. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. <laughs> and, you know, maybe. <laughs> so the trial of Sister Virginia started on November 27th, 1607. She was interrogated by Vicar. <laughs> Vicar? <laughs> Where are you going? The Vicar won't be home for hours. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Vicar Garamo Vicar Garamo Saracino? We'll go with it. Sounds perfectly uh, Minnesotan. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo Saracino. <laughs> there it is. Guillermo, I think is what it is. There you uh, go. Mariana defended herself by claiming loss of free will, asserting that diabolical forces had exercised on her an irresistible impulse. And poop didn't fix it, so I didn't no. know what to do. <laughs> I ate his shit and everything. Nothing worked. Guys, I tried. <laughs> so from November 19th until March 27th, 1608, the interrogation of the priest Paulo Aragon also took place. And on May 22nd, 1608, the uh, interrogation started again, and this time torture was used. And on June 14th, Sister Virginia was interrogated. She was also tortured and confirmed that all of the accusations. 
They're so all real. Yes. It's true. Shit's true, man. So she was found guilty and was sentenced to life in solitary confinement, bricked up in a small cell measuring four foot by nine. And she stayed there for 14 years until she was deemed reformed and released. And she spent her remaining days in the convent. And she lived there until her death in 1650. Four foot by nine foot. And she was bricked in. So there was no window. So did they just have like a hole they fed her through then? Mm-hmm. How much shit was in that place? Well, they have I'm a sure bucket they... she also handed through the window? Or... Well, I'm sure there was like a privy or something like built into the room or like a hole in the floor that she shat into. Yeah, but, but... you'd think it'd get filled in that long a time. 14 years bricked into a room. That's four foot by nine foot. So that's like, <laughs> that's like... not that any of you can see. I was Man, trying it's... to measure from the room that I'm in. Yeah, that's not... It's not good. No, because from like this table that I'm sitting on, it's got a measuring thing and it's 37 inches, which is three feet, right? Uh-huh. So Just there... over three feet. So then another foot of this table is how wide it was, which gives me like... It's like... <laughs> And then just a little bit longer than twice as long as that is as yes. long as the room was. Yeah. Oof. <clears throat> Sounds terrible. That's like just enough space to lay down and sleep and then poop in the corner that you're not laying in. Yeah. You're just stuck in a room by yourself. Oh, it must be the TV. I was like, oh. what was that sound? Somebody's like loud. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just like, it was like a girl voice. And I'm like, excuse somebody me? Somebody here? Who's fucking here? <laughs> okay. Who's fucking here? <laughs> Get the fuck. <laughs> fuck out my house now. <laughs> fuck out. Get fuck out my house Get now. Get fuck out. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my weird wow. story. You know, know, it's... it's It was super short and there wasn't a lot of details, but I still felt the need to tell it because I found it, it and... It was, I mean, it was very 1590s and 1610s. Like, yes. Or before 1610s. Like, it was a very... uh this is how things were dealt with at that time like a 13 year old girl is forced to go into a nunnery just as she's about to become like a woman to be Mm -hmm. a weird mom about it and then she's forced to take a vow of celibacy she's forced to do all this and then she meets a guy that she really likes and it's like let's bang (laughs) hey let's get it get it get it but she couldn't and then just kidding i can't and then she ate his poop and it got weird (laughs) i don't is that like, is that some sort of weird, like, I've never heard of I don't that know what, as being, even in history. I don't know where she got that. I bet you someone was just fucking with her. <laughs> or it was like, what's the most vile thing you can do so that you're not attracted to this person anymore? Yeah. And it's like, eat the waste. Or somebody was like, just fucking with her and she did it. <laughs> right. Some, some like witch doctor guy. He, yeah. she, this nun goes to is like, just eat his poop. Like, <laughs> and then she goes and does it and she comes back. She's like, it didn't work. It's like, you actually fucking did that. <laughs> you, you Wait, you ate a shit? <laughs> How'd it taste? I'm just was it what? <laughs> was it mealy? And then think it was like 1575 shit. So like. I mean, to be fair, at that time, there was a lot of like. In the streets, people were just shitting in the gutters because they That's didn't have a place like, to how, shit. She, he had to have, like, shit in a bucket for her. Because how was she sure that it was his shit? Maybe it didn't work because she was eating somebody else's shit. You don't know. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. I Could you I, just, like, shit in a bucket for me and give it to me? Thanks. I really hope Chris was, like, just standing outside the door walking by and you say it. <laughs> babe. 
Babe, you want to shit in a bucket? Babe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was good. Interesting. It was very like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, what I was going for. Good job. You done did it, kid. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. what now? It's your turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how this works. I say something, you say something. It's like a conversation. It's like a, it's like a com- combo. Does yours have a shit-eating nun in it? Because if not, I think I won today. <laughs> no, it doesn't have a shit-eating nun in it, unfortunately. I didn't know that was our theme for the day. I didn't know so. that was the criteria today. <laughs> uh, you didn't let me know. I didn't get the memo, so. You were just supposed to know. Oh, well, I didn't, so. So, my story is the disappearance of Aaron Cody Stepp. Okay. Um, it's not super well known, so it was just a random weird disappearance that I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. So tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? (laughs) So Aaron, whose family called him Cody. So I'm going to call him Cody through the story. Okay. But, uh, hate it when people do that. Huh? Whose name is Aaron, but let's call him Cody. Well, I wonder if it was something like he was named after his father, who's not even mentioned in this, and then he wasn't around. So they just went by Cody because you can't, I mean, you haven't changed his name. That's pure conjecture. Either way, it is pure conjecture. It's like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but they called him Cody. So Cody was born on September 24th of 1993. Um, in Columbus, Ohio, to Robin Stepp. Okay. Uh, Cody went to live with his Aunt Mickey when he was about four months old because Robin had issues with the drugs and she got into sex work. She was just kind of living a lifestyle that didn't really work with having a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have like a legal uh, custody type of agreement, but he just went to live with his Aunt Mickey. Okay. Okay. Uh and Mickey lived with Mickey and Robin's mom, Janice. So grandma. So he lives with grandma and aunt at grandma's house. Okay. It doesn't seem like there was any sort of custody agreement at that point. But uh, by December 1996, Mickey was appointed the temporary legal guardian of Cody uh, because Robin got sentenced to 17 months in prison for a theft charge or two. I couldn't tell things said different things, but either way, 17 months in prison was what she got. And so March 11th, 1997, we're just going to like buzz right through this like year or so of mom being out like year and a half of mom being in prison. Um, March 11th of 1997, it was just after 7 p.m. 911 was called by Mickey and Janice, and they said that Cody had gone missing from the neighbor's backyard and they couldn't find him. And how at old this was time, at this point? three. Yep. Okay. At this time, he was three years old. When authorities arrived to ask the women what happened, they both kind of had different stories. So, uh, so Mickey's story was that the two women went next door, and Cody, as soon as they got there, went straight to the backyard to go play. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is early ish March, right? Um, and she at some point decided that she wanted to get a snack. So she went to the gas station that was about six minutes away, like a six minute walk to go get a bag of chips and come came back. And that's when um, 
Cody was gone, she said. She had left Cody in care of like Janice and the neighbor, apparently, when she went. And so she was like, where the fuck did Cody go? And that's when shit hit the fan and they went looking for him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Janice's story is that she thought that Mickey had taken Cody with her. And so Janice, after a couple minutes, just went home because she was like, okay, wrapped up this visit with the neighbor, went home. And then once Mickey got back, she was like, oh, I wasn't watching him. I thought he went with you. And that's when they realized that he wasn't in the yard anymore. I wonder if, so it was like Cody went out back to play and Janice, then the other mom, the Mickey left and Janice was mm-hmm. like, oh, went, oh, Cody's not back there. He must've gone with Janice. Yeah. Or something okay. like that. They don't specify like the conversation they had before she left, but I'm assuming that that's got to be kind of what some sort of a miscommunication happened. Mm-hmm. And then, but Cody wasn't there is yeah. the ultimate ending to that. Uh, the women said that he was wearing a lightweight red waffle. Okay, I just got to say, this is like one of the most 90s outfits I've ever heard, like 90s kid outfits. I'm ready for it. Tell me. Uh, a red, lightweight, long sleeve waffle shirt, waffle knit shirt, one of those mm-hmm. ones with the little pegs out of it. It's my you know? favorite fabric. Uh-huh. Blue sweatpants. I'm sure they were elastic on the bottom and elastic on the top. And then black and white high top sneakers. Just like blue Hanes Walmart mm-hmm. sweatpants. Oh, hell nice. yeah. That's what I imagined is mm-hmm. this like, this kid probably has like a bowl cut happening pretty much. He's three, so mm-hmm. it'd, it'd probably still be cute, but yes. Yeah, it's it's not a full bowl cut. It's like a semi-wispy, wavy hair, but cut similar to a bowl cut cut. Right. You know, uh, but we don't know because there's not really any pictures of him his last year of being seen okay um so like the last picture is when he's like two years old if that uh anyway so he wasn't wearing a jacket which the authorities thought was weird because it was 28 degrees out that day and so and the fact that they said he literally went outside and just played outside the entire time they were there that was like not just a walkthrough huh i was like he didn't have a jacket on that's 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 right suspicious. where's his where's his fucking windbreaker it's mm-hmm. the 90s where's his hat it's 28 degrees this is what i'm saying it's below freezing come on kids um so they thought that was really weird that's the first like other than the different stories that was the first like big red flag where they're like mm, so he wasn't wearing a jacket but he was playing outside in early march mm-hmm. like mm, i don't i don't know about that so the police went into the home of the women and that's when they like big red flags started coming up because there was not a single sign that cody lived there there were no toys there were no pictures there was no bed there was no room there was no it literally looked like no child lived there oh and mind you there's pictures from like when mickey had custody Mm -hmm. when uh robin was still out of jail and he had like a jumper toy he had like toys that he played with and you know like there's pictures of him with stuff so he had stuff at one point um but it's just it was really strange they were like okay this something's fishy here Mm -hmm. so in light of all of that they started going door to door to ask neighbors about like when they saw cody last what you know all that stuff and nobody remembered seeing Cody from six months to a year 
before all this happened. Like the whole time Robin's basically been in prison. It's like she went in jail and then Cody went away. Yes. Um, from what I can tell, even like the neighbor that they were at their house said that they hadn't seen Cody. So like, what? So like, is did happening? He, so they were saying like he ran instead of going into the house to go outside. He like right. went through the gate or something. Right to try to make it make sense, but mm-hmm. even then, like what if they're the watching him, it doesn't make sense. Super suspicious, as yeah. Bailey Sarian would say, suspicious <laughs> for sure. Um. So this is when they uh, started thinking that Cody had probably been missing for much longer than just that afternoon. Uh, The police began asking family members when they had seen Cody last, and all of them pretty much had the same answers as the neighbors. They haven't seen him forever. Um, They also said that Cody's mom, Robin, uh, was due to, this is what family told him, was due to be let out the next day (gasps) after Cody disappeared. So they thought it was really ironic that he disappeared the day before she was due to let out because everybody who had talked to her, her first plan was to go to her mom's and see Cody. That was her first plan. So it was like, shit, we gotta figure out a way to explain why this kid's not here. Exactly. They probably sold him. Unfortunately, that's kind of where, by the end of it, that's where my brain was at. Like, yeah. So we're just gonna... Keep on trucking. It's so sad. Uh, The authorities spoke to Robin in jail. Well, yeah, she was due to be let out, but they spoke to Robin. I don't know if it was once she was let out or what, but she said that she hadn't talked to him in a very long time, probably hadn't seen him since months before she was put into prison because, you know, she hadn't talked to him because she would call her mom's house. And every time she'd ask to talk to him, they would say he couldn't for whatever reason. And she's like, and I just assumed it was them punishing me for getting sent to prison or they thought it was better for him because he was three and couldn't quite understand why he could talk to mom but not see her Mm -hmm. and you know so she's like I just assumed it was something to do with them but now that she knows that he's missing she's like now I'm convinced that something happened to him because it had been the entire time she had not talked to him even though she'd call them pretty regularly so Anyway, the friends and acquaintances started coming forward, the, (laughs) their friends and acquaintances started coming forward, um, saying that the lack of a presence of a child in the house um, had been like that for months and months, and they would, like, give reasons for certain things, like, always make an excuse. Um, It made it pretty clear that he hadn't been around that house for at least six months. So... I hate everything about this because it's just, it's so frustrating. Uh, So, and the only pictures, like I said, of him were from when he was like one or two years old. There was none from the time that mom was in prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There were multiple searches done, which didn't manifest in any sort of evidence. Um, And they couldn't figure out where Cody would have gone. Like any idea as to what happened. Uh, this was a very busy area. If he had disappeared that day, someone would have seen him. It was literally like a piece of, uh, like a block or two of houses, but surrounded by businesses. So people were in and out of places all the time. They would have seen a little three-year-old walking around. It would have Mm -hmm. been weird. 
but there was none. And as far as I can tell, if the businesses had um, surveillance, nothing came of that. Everything was just kind of like, what the fuck? So according to them, he just disappeared out of his backyard. Yeah, that he like just either just started walking or walked away or somebody took him, Mm -hmm. which again, there was no evidence of either of those things really happening. Uh, There was a possible sighting of Cody in Bellefonte, I believe is how you say it, Pennsylvania, about four months after he disappeared. A woman reported seeing a child that matched to the description of him with two other children and two women. Um, One Caucasian woman that was between her like 30s, 40s, somewhere in there. And then there was an Asian woman who was in her 20s with short, dark hair and dark framed glasses. But they looked into it. Nothing really came of it. And they don't, they don't think that it was a true sighting. Like they think that it was a possible thing. And, you know, people are grasping at straws once it's like out there. Yeah. Uh, After 15 to 17 months had passed after his disappearance and Robin got out and everything, she wanted to declare Cody dead. And she hired Larry proper, a private investigator um, to, look into things and he said with everything that he's found it's unlikely that he's alive she just wanted to basically she wanted to declare him dead so that it would be a, the focus would be shifted if that mm-hmm. makes sense so that they would look at it as a murder instead of a missing yes, person exactly um so their theory is that Janice and Mickey got rid of Cordy Cordy Cody shortly after Robin went to jail Mickey had been taking care of Cody for the last like year and a half right before that but there was no agreement so she didn't get any sort of like welfare for it Um, once Robin went in and she had that been declared the temporary guardian she was getting like $270 I want to say it was like a week mm -hmm. but it didn't specify if it was weekly monthly what it was but she was getting money from welfare and so what robin thinks happened is that that's why i think they sold him because if it was for the money it's like well we can sell him still collect this money and get money from selling him but from what i can tell there wasn't any like huge purchases done during that time or Mm -hmm. anything changing in their financial state so i don't really know um And she just thought that they were just pocketing the money. Uh, Robin wonders if they brought him to like a distant family member because they have some across country Mm -hmm. um, that maybe they didn't investigate, but I don't see why they wouldn't if that was a possibility, why they wouldn't even like reach out, you know? So I don't know if Robin is also just grasping at straws trying to figure out what happened, but I can't imagine I mean, I've watched a, I watched a couple of like interviews with her and her like message for the missing children's like organization and stuff. And it's just so sad because she was like trying to clean up herself so she could be with her son. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as she came out, it was like he was taken away from her. They either, I feel like they either sold him or they full on Casey Anthony'd him. Oh yeah. And that's where it's like, I can't figure it out, but either way, Mickey took two polygraph tests and failed both of them. Janice refused to take polygraph tests. Um, they're not super reliable, so don't. It's not like for sure. But 
Mm. Uh, they were uncooperative either way. Both of them were not super like, we'll do whatever it takes to try to find him. It was kind of, okay, if I have to, to try to clear my name type mm-hmm. of things. Um, Mickey did state that she had nothing to do with Cody's disappearance. Um, and that the idea that she would do something to him for $270 is crazy. Like that's, that was her like blanket statement. Like the fact that I would do it for this much money is ridiculous. So yeah. Uh, about at all? How about at all for any just reason in general, any amount of money? I know. I just, it's some of these things that like they- Did they ever said, answer where all his stuff went? Not that I could find. I don't, it's just, it's just so weird. The reason that Robin wanted Cody declared deceased, like I said, she believes that uh, he had been missing a lot longer than they're saying since, you know, whatever. And so she's just like, there's got to be a completely different circumstance to this. And I want it Mm -hmm. to be looked into. Uh, They also found that there were times that Mickey may have tried to impersonate the boy, um, making it seem as if she's trying to cover things up. Uh, So when you get legal guardianship, most of the time, especially when you're getting welfare, you have to do certain things to basically prove that the child is being taken care of. So uh, if a kid is school age, you have to have proof of attendance of school, going to the doctors, getting your vaccinations, do you know, all that fun Mm -hmm. stuff, right? So being he was three years old, the main thing was proving that he was getting his vaccinations for that age. Um, And in February of 1997, Clara Sellers, who was like a nurse at the uh, Columbus Health Department, remembers Mickey bringing in a boy. But Clara believed that she had brought in a boy who wasn't actually Cody. So they don't have like, like she didn't have access to a picture of Cody. So she couldn't <laughs> have compared him. But she remembers giving the boy three shots, his immunizations for before kindergarten stuff. Um, and later on, she saw a boy who looked like eerily similar to this Cody that she brought in. Mm -hmm. Um, and later on, I don't know if it was the same day or like the next week or whatever, but she was, something just didn't feel right to her. So she had noted it in her head. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this boy was with a different woman, didn't come in with Mickey. Uh, this was alarming, alarming enough for Clara to basically make note of it and report it. And Clara testified to this incident and said that she was about like 80-ish percent sure that it was the same boy that she saw that other time, whose son, so they brought in the boy into this like trial, whatever you want to call it for trying to declare him deceased. So it wasn't like a full-on trial, but it was basically like they had testifying and everything in it. So they brought the boy in that Clara saw that day that she swore was the same boy that was with Mickey. Mm -hmm. And it was the son of Rebecca Hunt, who happens to be close friends with Mickey. Mm -hmm. Um, Rebecca testified that she did allow her son to go stay with Mickey one night that Mickey said her said Cody would be there so they could have like a sleepover Mm -hmm. um one night and it was around the same time frame as the incident that Clara was talking about um but this Rebecca girl she's like I couldn't tell you exactly what day it was because I didn't like mark it on my calendar Mm -hmm. um 
but she said that she never gave like consent for Mickey to bring him to the doctor. So just so we're all on the same page, Rebecca also said that she had not seen Cody for how long. Okay. So it was, uh, she was like, sure, you can come stay. But I don't know if she thought that maybe he was staying with other people or Mm -hmm. what during other times, but she hadn't seen Cody in that long chunk of time either. The judge denied declaring Cody dead because, well, usually you have to wait at least five years to declare somebody dead. And there was a lack of evidence, like pool of blood, um, any sort of foul play evidence. Yeah, there's so no like, evidence. Can't, he just yeah. appeared into thin air. Exactly. She's like, we can't really declare anything right now. More searches were done, including digs in certain areas when they would get tips. They brought in um, dogs, cadaver dogs in 2008 into the recycling center that was down the road and metal. There was like a scrapyard. So they're like, this would be a good place for people to try to hide a body if they were going to hide a body. So they brought them there, but that didn't come up with anything. Uh, Right around the time of Cody's disappearance every year, the police say they usually get like an influx of tips because I'm sure mom does the like circuit saying he's disappeared. He's been gone this long, da da da. But there's nothing. And sadly, Mickey and Janice both passed away in early 2000. So if they had any sort of secrets, they went to the grave with them. They did declare their innocence until they died. Um, In 2016, Robin spoke out and said that she still believed that her mother and her sister were involved in whatever did end up happening to Cody. And one of Robin and Mickey's siblings shared some things about Janice saying that at when they were younger, their mom was very abusive. So they basically said, I wouldn't be surprised if she went overboard and that's what happened. Um, And in fact, in 1964, Janice lost a child to bronchitis, but other things said like questionable circumstances. But it was noted that there were burns, multiple burns on this two-year-old's body. Oh my gosh. Um, There was also... And there wasn't an investigation done into this because it was, well, it was the 60s and Mm -hmm. it was bronchitis that ultimately killed this kid. So they basically said pretty much everybody was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had something to do with it because they were interesting people. We'll just say that. They were were bad people. They were were not great. Yeah. It's just, it was one of those cases that I read and I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine being that being Robin in this situation where she's just like I screwed up and it the guilt she's got to feel for Cody having to be in that situation it's just I can't but yeah that's the that's the story of the disappearance of Aaron Cody step which hopefully at some point there's a break in something you you okay (laughs) heard my dad coughing i'm like dude are you alive what was that was are you dying you dying back there no that's a good story that was fucked up it's sad i know i was like it's kind of depressing but but what man you got to tell it you know, I know get it out there get it out there so if it if any of you know i i, I don't doubt you know i doubt you know but you don't know what you don't know it's true <laughs> uh do you got any funny laid up looking at your phone stories i do didn't i text you one uh i, I think so 
you sent me a screenshot of your sister's conversation with you well that was funny for sure um but I feel like I texted you oh Oh. yeah because (laughs) because okay okay hold on we gift back and forth (laughs) yeah so I don't know if it was like Facebook dating or whatever I matched with a dude and we had said like hey hey (laughs) sorry yawning again just like a couple of pleasantries back and forth and then um he was like hey here's my snap and I was like cool okay whatevs and then I it was like three days later and I was like oh I never added that guy so I added him and then like three days after that I got a message from him that said you unmatched me don't know why you must be a scam so I thought I'd just add you to tell you because you're just a little punk who got salty I didn't jump on snap as fast as you wanted lol tough I did think you were chill until now ha ha thank you in all seriousness note though for not wasting any more of my time that I did appreciate see ya lol and I commented back, I was like, bah, uh, I didn't unmatch you. I didn't unmatch shit. You just disappeared off my profile. I assumed you unmatched me, but glad to know you're a little bitch so I can block your ass now. Much appreciated. And then I sent the middle finger. And then I went back to look at my dating profile and I scrolled down like seven matches and he it was right there. So we didn't unmatch anything. Like it was just it was no longer at the top (laughs) oh my god it's shit like that I'm like people people be crazy people are crazy and it's like I don't owe you shit dude fucking relax yeah calm down the other one I got um I got a wannabe up front not looking for anything serious right now just looking for fun at the moment I hope that's okay if not I understand and I was like I appreciate being up front I'm not looking for hookups so thanks bye and he's like, I understand. I didn't want to waste your time. And then like one minute later, he's like, but it's a shame because I would love for you to sit on my face. It's like, I, you almost, what? it was almost polite. You were almost a human for a minute. Right. Well, the, and that's exactly it is it's like, I'm fine. Like, if you want to look for hookups, go for it, bud. You do Kudos you, to you but not my thing. And then when you say not my thing, thanks. Bye okay so you're gonna keep trying because i it wasn't like a please try harder not my thing thanks bye that was a that was a go away thank you but go away thank you but no thank you (laughs) um and then i got r just the letter r then the letter u you know how much i love that are you looking for a relationship at 10 29 a.m you know what i bet you you saved so much time not doing the a e y and u I know. Or oh, oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Those four letters probably saved you a whole 27 seconds of your day. Well, Christina, are you looking for a relationship? At 10.42 a.m., because I hadn't checked my messages yet, I got an are you again. And then at 10.43, I guess you're not looking for a relationship. <laughs> it's it- like, bitch, I haven't even looked at my phone yet. Also... Even if I was, doesn't mean I'm looking for one with you, so fucking relax there, bud. Uh, people. Got one more. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> In my profile, it says something about me being a smartass. So he said, you can be a smartass all you want in bed. Maybe that will help you transition into an excellent period. See, I love being abused during sex. 
Oh, so he's a he's a sub, huh? First of all, <laughs> three fourths of that didn't even make sense. Second of all, what? <laughs> whoa, dude! <laughs> you are very forward. Let's start with just a hey, or how are you? I don't mind like a creative entry. Yeah, but let's not. There's a difference between a creative entry and. I'm I'm not a therapist. That seems like something you should see. Let's just say I'm not looking for a creative entry. <laughs> I I just want you to say hello. <laughs> yeah. Just a not I mean I, I prefer something more than hey, but something less than I want to be dominated in bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A little something a little less than sit on my face. Yeah. Just <laughs> just a simple <laughs> Just a simple. Hey, how's your day going? What's up? How have you been? Nope, no, not saying. Asking too much. You know, it's nice though because uh, they set the bar so low. They do. It's just so low. I don't. I. It's not hard. If you wouldn't mm-hmm. say it to somebody's face on the street, you probably shouldn't say it through messenger. Right. Like if I was standing next to you Would at you say a bar. You know? Would you turn to me and go, hey, I want you to sit on my face? Probably not. And I'd if probably would, laugh if someone said that to me in person and be like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, because then you can appropriately react. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I mean, I still laugh when people send it to me in Messenger, but whoa, you got balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for you. <laughs> good for you. I'm glad you swung for the fences, but I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm out. You want to you pay for this, though? I'm going to slowly back into the crowd. <laughs> Just disappear. Like that, like that gif of uh, Homer Simpson, Simpson into the bushes. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Just slowly disappear. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. You know? Thanks for listening. I don't... <laughs> you copycat. I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> thanks for being you. Yeah, that's I was like I was trying to think of another thing to thank them for and I was like thanks for listening. listening. <laughs> Dude, I got to pee. I do too. I had to pee before we started, but there was so much work to get on my scooter and scoot out of this room that I'm like, nope, just going to hold it. We're just well, going to hold it. And that's where I was like, I got to pee between stories, but I knew you wouldn't be able to get out to pee too, so I decided I just I just suffer with you. <laughs> we both just suffered in silence. We just dealt with our pain. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Third world problems right there. What? Third world pro- or first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> that got controversial real quick. Didn't mean for it to. Slip of the tongue. <laughs> first world problems. All right, kids. Go ahead and like, subscribe, comment, post, whatever Listen. on. Go ahead. Make sure you listen too. Oh, that too. You know, listen, share the things, With tell the people, spread the word. Spread yourselves, girls and gentlemen. Guys? I mean, teach their own. They could. Yeah. You do you. You, just, <laughs> you like what you like. You just, just spread whatever you need to spread to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.